0: hardcore listeners and subscribers got another episode this week we got jade and then a special guest today um we have sam coming in thank you so much for stepping in and being a guest in for us today So, just before we start, tell us a little bit about yourself right now, Sam. You doing projects right now, or you have other stuff you're recording or writing for?
1: I record three different podcasts, and unfortunately, the pandemic got my basketball team. I'm actually a basketball coach, and we were in the last week of our season. We were at tournaments. Oh, man. The end
0: of a tournament moment. Which was okay,
1: because... We weren't very good anyway, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It ended the bleeding early. I don't think we were going to win the championship. Yeah, still. It ended the bleeding early. But, okay. Well, that's awesome. So, this week, um, our discussion for Hardcourt Honeys is dynasties. Uh, We're talking dynasty mode. What makes it, the length, all that stuff. So, um, just to start off, Jade, what's your favorite dynasty?
2: My favorite dynasty, I think I have to go with
0: the Warriors really not even your Detroit bad boys
2: mostly because I was so young for the bad boys like I do kind of vaguely I definitely remember watching the bad boys but I was young so in terms of a dynasty that I really remember and I was really invested in basketball at the time it would be this Warriors team from the last little bit
0: okay that may I I get that what about you Sam what's the um off your top of your head dynasties all time who is it What's the best oh, one the, your favorite?
1: The San Antonio Spurs with Tim Duncan
0: has okay, to that, be. That,
1: that, I, can't, I love that Greg just, Popovich.
0: Greg Popovich is my favorite coach of all time, minus Flip Saunders, RIP. Yeah, mean, Jade's a Toronto person. I'm a Minnesota person. So do you pledge any uh, alliances I to am, a team?
1: I'm probably the Boston Celtics and the Spurs, yeah.
0: I can respect that. I can respect Solid.
1: that. Yep. I, can, I like
0: those choices. <laughs> okay. Well, well, speaking then of just uh, those Celtics dynasties, that is on there a couple times. So I'm just going to break down through the years first. So we had the 40s and 50s. It was the Minneapolis Lakers, the original Lakers. 60s, Bill Russell. 70s is a little bit of a mix-up with a couple different teams. Uh, players were fading out, coming in. 80s, Bird. Lakers, and then Bad Boys kind of hovered between the end of the 80s to the 90s. You got 90s Bulls, and then you got the 2000s. You got Shaq and Kobe, Duncan era, the 2010s. You have the Heat and Golden State. So, of those teams, so does it matter, Sam? The length of the time that they were great that defines how great they are as a a dynasty or is it just the little bit that they denominated
1: well i'm gonna pick on jade then i guess because (laughs) i i think you can call the miami heat a dynasty a little bit you know shock and dwayne wade i don't know about the big three they were down there what Two years,
0: three years. Well the big well, Miami had it, uh, they went to the final four straight years. One back to back. I think their first loss was against two, the Dallas Mavericks, which was one besides Toronto last year. I know, Jade. Mm-hmm. It was the last team that didn't have like a big collective like and super team with it. So And that uh,
2: was their first championship too, wasn't it? Dallas's Dallas
0: yes, it was, it was a, their it first. Was, it was a rematch of the '06 finals against the Miami Heat, where yeah. they were up two nothing, and then Miami came back four. But just because I'm thinking uh, Dirk Nowitzki's single title, I think, is more impressive than Kevin Durant's two title because Kevin Kevin Durant may have been MVP of it, but you got Steph. You got I totally Clay. agree with that. And Draymond Green at the time was in his peak form with it, who was the Mm -hmm. do-it-all switchblade. Dirk Nowitzki, you just had a bunch of Dirk and then a bunch of solid role players around him. So Kawhi also called the Dynasty Killer. He's the dynasty killer.
1: Wasn't um, Jason Kidd on his last legs, too, during the Dallas yeah, it, yep, run? Yeah, it was the beginning of the end for him. That's what
0: I'm Yeah, because he was still—and Tyson Chandler was Defensive Player of the Year, so he was great. Jason Terry was sixth man of the year. He was great, but it's no superstar with him. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, let's get right. the ball to Dirk, and then everyone works the system. And that's why Rick Carlisle's been able to stay down there so long in Dallas. yeah. yeah. So some of these teams, though, only have, like I said, two titles. And then you have ones that have like the Laker or the Bulls that have six. Do titles, Jade, outweigh how significant they were as a dynasty?
2: That's difficult because the number of titles a team has been able to get consecutively or in a bunch of them in a a short period of time has changed with the way that the league is played. Right. So if you look back at the 50s, late 50s, into the 60s, Celtics, they had 12 finals appearances and 11 championships in 13 years. So, like, when you're when it comes to dynasties, it's like that's pretty damn hard to beat. But at the same time, I think it was easier to maintain being a dynasty over a long period of time in that era of the NBA than it is now there's not really any such thing as career players anymore nobody gets drafted to a team and stays in that team and then that used to happen consecutive years you would get a player and and they would stay and they would stay and they would stay and they would stay and you get to build on that so I think because there's so much movement in the league anymore I've kind of had to adjust how I think about how impressive a dynasty is because it's just such a different environment than it used to be.
0: And also, those Celtics teams, there's 12 teams in the league. There's not too many other teams that you're, once you have that set team, oh, well, they're going to be that great team for the next few years because there's not that much competition around it. Right, exactly. And then with you, Sam, does a dynasty team have to have a bunch of superstar players with it or does it... Can it just be like an organic thing where it's just like, oh, these players just mesh super great together?
1: I think because of when I was born and how I was brought up, I think I still think all it has to happen organically and be put together, not a group of players going on vacation and saying, oh, by the way, (laughs) the next time we all are available, let's get on this team, you know? Right. And I think. I think that's what has my viewing the last couple years of the NBA has went down just a little bit because I think of of that. It's not watching players grow and develop; it's watching them move and combine almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more of a
2: game. It's it's how are we going to fit the puzzle pieces together rather than how can I grow my team where I am. And that's one of the big reasons for me when it comes down to the GOAT conversation. It's always going to be MJ over LeBron. Because totally agree. joining two other superstars doesn't put you at the top of my list over someone who said, I'm going to make my team better. So I'm going to put everyone on my shoulders. And not to say that Jordan didn't have great help. He had great help, but he didn't have a big three.
0: No big three?
1: <laughs> well, I think they... They drafted Scotty and Jordan had to whip him into shape. And then, of course, they, they had went out take... and got
0: an already proven Dennis Rodman.
2: I don't know. I just don't see it that way because, like Sam was saying, for the Bulls, it happened organically. Mm-hmm. It wasn't.
0: I'd it was Golden State then, too. Besides Kevin Durant. All those players were drafted. Iguodala was a was a quiet free agent signing. So, I like Golden well,
1: it, State. <laughs> and I think that's why I will definitely consider Golden State a dynasty is because they came into Steve Kerr's system and they actually run it. It wasn't players coming to a team and like telling a coach, "Oh, by the way, this is what we're going to do." I like, I guess, because I'm a coach. I like coach-led teams more than you know star-driven right. teams. And well, by that we
2: like mean it? teams where LeBron shows up and takes over the show.
0: Yeah,
1: I, takes I'm over the entire team. Into isolation. <laughs> and like I said, oh.
2: like it was a different way to do to get kind of to the same place. What LeBron did, like when I think of even the definition of the word dynasty. Right, That comes from rulers who are have a line of succession. And when you just jump ship and say, hey, let's all go over here, that to me is a little bit of a different thing than, you know, we had a plan and it was a long-term execution and we built towards it as opposed to, oh, here's all the pieces and we were lucky enough to get them all.
1: Yes. And, and I agree with you, Jade, because when you see... Bill Russell's dynasty, if you go back and watch those games, they're basically playing the Lakers. They're playing Jerry West and Oscar Robinson, and they, if Bill Russell wouldn't have created and read Auerbach in Boston, you would have had a Lakers dynasty there. When you look at the 80s, you would have had the same thing. Had you taken the Lakers and Celtics out, you probably would have saw Dr. J's 76ers in the beginning and then you would have had probably detroit a little longer and then the bulls come on but when you look at now i mean if it's if it's not golden state who is the consistent team with lebron going from cleveland to miami to cleveland to the lakers i mean who who would be the consistent
0: team well, and that's funny that you mentioned LeBron in my notes. That I said there was this another. I have some honorable mentions for dynasties, and I just said LeBron in general the past ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Where does his dynasty fit? He's got a couple rings in there, so he's in. He's involved with it, but yeah. can a single person be considered a dynasty? You could consider Michael Jordan a dynasty. Yeah, I guess you kind of could. I mean, ooh, that's diff- That's hard. LeBron James was in nine straight finals. I mean, he only won three, which nonetheless still, I don't want to take those three from him. let's still three titles.
2: But that's the thing. See, that's an interesting thing because that comes back to why, for me, it's always MJ. And I saw um, a quote from Chauncey Billups, which is exactly how I feel on why, for Chauncey Billups, it's also MJ. Because he said, the years that, that Jordan was in the finals, nobody ate Jordan got all the finals. The years LeBron was in the finals, everybody ate. Like, he only got three out of all of those appearances. That means everybody else got championships when LeBron was in the finals.
0: True. True.
1: And can you call it Michael Jordan like you can LeBron? Because I think Scottie Pippen might have something to say about that. Since the year (laughs) that, that... uh, Jordan was down playing with the Birmingham Barons. He was taking the Chicago Bulls on a run. They still they still did pretty decent that year.
0: They got to the Eastern Conference Finals because yeah. those two years that they, the Bulls didn't win, it was the Rockets. And that mm-hmm. is an honorable mention dynasty that I have, is those the two back-to-back year Rockets. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the Bulls, this would have been a team the year before they would have been in the finals. And then the year they would have been about at least four years of them in the finals winning. Yeah. But when you when with Jordan in the nineties, you're not going to win. And yeah. Houston was the one team that took advantage of Jordan being gone. And they're like, okay, this is our time to shine guys. Go, 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 yeah. go. <laughs> so I, I, like, that's why I wanted just to throw it out there. Rockets took the advantage. They're like, okay, let's take this team, which also shout out to Rudy Tom Bonavich. can't say his last name who is the Houston Rockets coach who is going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. So, shout out to him for all that hard work he put in. So, in the 60s, it was, like we said, Bill Russell, and then it was primarily, if he was playing anyone, it was Lakers. And Wilt the Still and the logo, Jerry, uh, Jerry West. But, as we discussed already, Bill Russell pretty much dominated. So, Bill Russell, the Celtics were the dominating one franchise of the 60s. 70s like i said since it was a little bit of a segue of things with the aba and stuff there was some teams being thrown in and stuff so that was a little bit of a hard time for me to find some dynasties there but in the 80s you had the lakers and then you had the celtics and then a little bit with the bad boys in the 80s so out of those three teams who would have had the best competition to get to where they're at just because thinking well they're both east coast west coast that so they both have their own specific conference that they still have to battle through to get Mm -hmm. to the finals because that the showtime lakers has um they've been to five finals four championships and those boston celtics were three finals and two championships
2: i think i would have to say for that time period whoever was in the in the east coast had the harder run to get to the finals through the 80s
0: so you're thinking the, the Celtics were the better dynasty then of that time than the Lakers
2: yeah I would give it I would give it to the Celtics
0: okay. and
1: I think that the Celtics did have to go through like I said in the beginning they were going through the Philadelphia 76ers if I'm remembering right with Dr. J
0: Moses and, Malone to a yeah, young Charles Barkley.
1: And, well, and then towards the end was the Detroit Pistons coming up and, and them having to face them. But I think when you look at it, L.A. may be the actual better team and dynasty because, I mean, you have Magic in the very beginning his rookie year playing center for when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gets hurt. And you have people leaving and coming and going. You have James Worthy and then uh, A.C. Green taking his place and different people like that coming through. So I don't know. I mean, it pains me to say being a Boston (laughs) Celtics fan, but I almost think the Lakers were the better team maybe because, like you said, they had to go through – Um, Charles Barkley, when he was at Phoenix, they had to go through
2: the Utah Jazz with John Stockton and Carl Malone. One of my all-time favorite duos...
1: Really? Yeah. And they had,
0: yeah. They had Gary Payton God. They had Gary Payton <laughs> up in Seattle too. Yep, Gary Payton in Seattle too. So, but I, then I can honestly say
1: that I think it wasn't my favorite year, but that was one of my favorite teams that I've actually gotten to, to see in person was Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, and that crew when they were with the Lakers uh, in early two thousand. Yeah that was that was pretty unbelievable. Kobe was going through the rape trial then, but it so it wasn't a good year, but that could have been an outstanding all-time team.
0: That was the team that took out my Timberwolves. Don't get me started on that team. Line you mean
1: one of the many many teams that have
2: taken out your Timberwolves is that what you meant to say? But
0: this specifically <laughs> because it was the last time we were significant and also if there is a rival for Minnesota Timberwolves fans, it's the Lakers because five of those titles belong in Minnesota. Five of them belong in Minnesota. Uh, I don't okay. Anyone said those were won in Minneapolis. Philadelphia Warriors should have one hanging there because it was won in that city. See, I was going
2: to say that it feels like the Lakers are so unliked that every fan base would say they're the rivals, but you definitely have an extra claim this, this on the is, rivalry. This the, I have to give you that. Le-
0: like, This is the closest thing that the Timberwolves have to a rivalry. That's how insignificant we are. Like, No one cares about <laughs> it. So, so a Timberwolves fan have to fabricate some form of way to get motivated to see a team be like, oh, it's that team. We're still going to lose, but let's put up a fight. No, if the Lakers, that's the one team, we're like, no, you can lose every single time, and we're not going to care. That is, yeah, my say on that Lakers team. You're buying your well, way through town. And,
1: and since we're talking about Minnesota, I mean, with Kevin McHale out there, I thought he was really going to build a team around Kevin Garnett, and I thought – Ricky Rubio was gonna be the answer. Or an Achilles. Just...
0: I was hoping I'm a Rubio fan still to this day. He I like is, him too. He's may not he's not the talent most talented player, but when he's on the court, he nine times out of ten is the smartest player on the court. Yep. If his talent matched his IQ, top five player in the league. Top five player in the league. But his body gave out to him young and he could never learn a jump shot. Because I thought he could be like the next Jason Kidd. Shut down D, amazing passer, learn to get a reliable three-point shot later on, but things never panned out for that. But speaking of things that panned out for teams, the Bulls. So with the Bulls dynasty, is it because of Jordan? Is it because of the team? Is it because of Phil? because of the triangle offense, Sam. Which, What was the reason why this Bulls team was so elevated compared to the rest of the league at the time?
1: Originally, I thought it was Tex Winters, just like you said, the triangle offense. Looking back on it more as an adult now, instead of watching it happen as a kid, I, I think that it might have been Jordan. And his competitive nature. And I think we're going to see that starting The Last Dance tonight. I think Uh that's going to let everybody see. They're going to see some never-before-seen footage. And I think some of the stuff from what Jordan has hinted around, we're going to see him pushing his teammates and saying, hey, you need to come in early. Hey, you need to stay late. Hey, you need to work harder. And him making some guys cry.
0: It's going to make me hate Jordan even more.
2: I'm just going to take this moment to vent about the fact that because I'm in Canada, I don't get to see it till tomorrow. And I'm really annoyed about it.
0: Uh, oh, I didn't so know
2: that. It's, yeah, the rest of the world is getting it on Netflix the day after the episode airs. So I'll get it on Mondays. So I can't live tweet. I can't go on Twitter at all because it's going to ruin everything.
1: <laughs> well, I just made the assumption, are they not showing it on the Sky Network?
2: I don't know if I get the Sky Network. I don't think so. Because I looked I just, it up, and this was, this was on the NBA, dot, the NBA Canada website. I searched oh, for it. I was like, how do I watch it in Canada? And the NBA Canada website has that. It's going to be on Netflix the following day. So I think they're keeping it pretty exclusive.
0: Is it on Netflix for the U.S. too? Or just I don't, Netflix? No,
2: I think the U.S. gets ESPN, and the rest of us get Netflix.
0: I don't want to get ESPN Plus, though. I already have every other streaming service.
1: Well, and from what I've heard, it's going ESPN. They're going to show on ESPN2 in the United States a censored version for kids. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be an uncensored. And then it's going on ESPN Plus after that, I guess.
2: I think it's at the same time, but one version is censored and one version is not. Who wants to Which hear should a should be censored Michael Jordan? It's not about who wants to, it's about who shouldn't hear an uncensored Michael Jordan.
0: <laughs> well, if you can't hear an uh, uncensored Michael Jordan, then you shouldn't be listening to Michael Jordan at all.
2: <laughs> Probably not, no. You're definitely going to lose some stuff in translation.
0: <laughs> no, he... Like I said, I think this is going to shine a whole new light on people for Jordan, and it's going to divide them even more of, oh, he's great, to also, wow, he's a jerk.
2: That's the thing about a lot of people that don't separate the player from the person. I always feel very separately about the player and the person. That's why I can say LeBron James is an amazing basketball player. I don't like him. Kevin Durant, amazing basketball player. I don't like the guy. So for me, that's another thing with Jordan. He's on that list too. I know he's not a stellar person. He hasn't been a stellar person all the time. But that, for me, is separate from what he did on the court.
0: And also he did say Looney Tune World. So That's true. You got to give him that quick. Yeah, him-
2: he has to definitely get some points for that.
0: Oh yeah, by <laughs> the way, um, Sam, there is a whole conspiracy theory that I came up with a couple <laughs> weeks back in our episode. Um, The reason why Jordan was gone for two years wasn't because of his gambling issues, not to play baseball, but it's so they could have the setup for the Space Jam movie. And then also because Bill Murray (laughs) wanted to be in a movie, a basketball movie. And that's why it was NBA, Warner Brothers, Bill Murray all getting in their hand in that. Because Bill Murray's a lifelong Chicago Bulls fan. So they're getting their hand mixed with it. Looney Tunes were trying to have a comeback with everything. No, it's it's all there that I made
1: up. <laughs> and is that the reason why there hasn't been a Space Jam 2? Because they can't get a player to take off and go play baseball?
0: Well, the, now they had to wait just for a time so all the players could record, so like this is the perfect timing for it, just because no one can do anything. So they were just waiting for all of everyone just to get ready to be in it, but... Okay, so
2: what you're Amy. saying, what you're saying to me right now is either the geniuses behind Space Jam 2. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm being facetious with the use of the word genius.
0: No, you're right.
2: Either caused the a global pandemic or were able to predict a global pandemic. Is that what you're trying to say to me right now?
0: Yeah. Have you heard of shadow <laughs> governments? Have you Like, you know, Warner Brothers, (laughs) is right up there, like Comcast and Disney, that's like, ooh, let's get this going.
1: And kind of to segue just a little bit, I do not wish this on him for years and years and years and years, because I know in 2020, we have lost way too many people already, but I hope that Juanita... Michael Jordan's first wife outlives him because I think she will enlighten us on a lot of things that we don't know, Ooh. such as the gambling and money and all of that.
2: Right. Ooh. Because non-disclosure okay, agreements I go get the away when ball. somebody passes. Yeah, That's very interesting. That's very interesting.
0: That, no yeah they're always those deep cut stories that come out whenever someone passes they're like well i have this story about them. well i have this story about them be like no you guys don't have stories about them you just wish you did um but that's the ex- Also, I- let's
2: I- not let's not forget this is very fresh in my mind because i binged uh surviving r kelly last night that oh, jordan god. was friends with r kelly oh god
0: <laughs> why do you think he did the soundtrack for Space Jam once yeah. again? Once yeah. again, you know what we're gonna interrupt that one. Inter- buy. That, that one I'll multi- buy, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. This is the next. This is the next theory that you guys are gonna be seeing on TV. They're being like, "Where did this come from?" And why is this real? But so we shift over back to dynasties. Skip step away from the Tune Squad dynasty. Um, so we go from the '90s, and then we start. I don't even call it the Spurs. I call it the Duncan Dynasty. Because each decade he played in, he won a title. So I say it's the Duncan Dynasty, and then you have the Shaq and Kobe Dynasty. So which dynasty, Jade, were you, or at least with those two, are more impressed with? The Shaq and Kobe with just the pure dominance that it had? Or Duncan where the longevity of it?
2: So, I'm not going to lie, my personal bias is definitely coming into play here. I ever since I was a kid was always like Shaq's not as good as everybody says he is. I never got the Shaq hype. I have no patience for a professional basketball player who never learns how to shoot free throws. I was never that impressed with the teams that Shaq was on just because I I thought I also thought he was lazy. I didn't like his work ethic. So, it's really hard for me to see past all of that, to give credit to the teams that he was on. (laughs) So I would have to go with the Spurs.
0: And Sam, are you going to be throwing your Spurs bias with that or are you going to?
1: Yeah, I I am because of the longevity of Tim Duncan. And he started off with the twin tires with David Robinson. And then ended up with the, young kids Tony Parker and Ginobili I mean I think we forget that he basically had Tony Parker what at 18 19 years old Mm -hmm. teaching him the ropes in the NBA and then the role players that they had come out through the years from you know Barry and Leonard and all of them I think it was just amazing And I think a little bit seeps in afterwards, Popovich has continued, not at that level, but at a higher level, and Duncan, with him being an assistant coach. And I'm kind of like Jade, even though Shaq was a dominant force, I like him better as a person than I do as a player. I think yeah. all the businesses that he's involved in now and him being the you know general. a comedian and wanting to run for office and be a policeman and all I think that is hilarious. But as far as him being a player, I kind of agree, I don't know how much he truly really worked worked at it. He, yeah. he
2: was he was like he couldn't have survived in any other era of basketball than the one that he was in. He got so lucky because in that era of basketball he could get away with basically let me go and wait under the basket and that's all I have to do. And that was it. Like he would get roasted today. Oh, he yeah. might be able to bang he might be able to bang in the 80s but I don't think he was talented enough for the 80s game. He doesn't have
0: the footwork like did in the right. 80s.
1: Right. so like, I mean, can you see him going up against Kareem or Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell? Those guys
0: run up and down the court on him. He's too clunky.
2: Like, he literally was born at the only time he could have had a successful NBA career.
0: Mm -hmm. And I was a kid growing up. I played in the post. And when I would watch Shaq, I was just like, oh, this is a guy that just pushes everyone down and then dunks it. There is. That's what I always said, too.
2: He's just bigger. He's just bigger than everybody else.
0: And then he'd do the occasional hook shot. Well, it's because you're two feet away and your hand itself covers a foot of that. So (laughs) you're only throwing the ball a foot away into the hoop because you're already jumping. Like, I never was impressed with his skill. Like I said, like you guys are saying, (laughs) person, great. I think it's going to be
1: interesting here in two to three years for us to see his kids. Of course, they grew up with Shawnee, not really Shaq. But I want to see Sharif at LSU because I've seen him on YouTube and everything. He has a mixed skill set. He is not... A true post player, and then his younger son—I think he's 16—Shakir uh, is is an outside player, and They're
0: then his huge daughter. Oh yeah.
1: Well, and his oldest daughter plays wing and a little bit of high post. She just signed last week with LSU women. So. See I the think thing her about Shaq, can't not play him.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, and I think the thing about Shaq is that. He was smart enough to know that he didn't have to do more than he was doing, right? Mm-hmm. But that means he's also smart enough to understand that it's not the same game his kids are going into. And because he is enough of a thinker, he's going to make sure that his kids are ready for the game as it's coming to them. He knows that it's a different game than it was when he played.
0: I was listening to an interview and they were talking about like his kids and Sharif right before he went to committed to UCLA at the time. And he was saying how he told Sharif not to watch his video, but to watch a video of Kevin Durant. Because that was the playing style that was going to fit Sharif more, which was being able to do essentially everything. And that's Mm -hmm. what which really surprised me that Shaq was like, no, I want you to work on stuff like that instead of focus on what your dad did. Which was just going to get to the hoop, dunk on the person, and slap the backboard and run down the court.
2: Shaq, did, he didn't do that because it was all he could do. He, I think he did it because he knew it was all he needed to do, and he wasn't going to do exactly. more than he needed to do. And he knows that for his kids, it's not the same. It's a different no. – it's a whole different thing.
0: You need to be able to do a little bit of everything.
1: Well, and I talked to an assistant coach from LSU that had him, obviously, and Del Brown basically went and found him on an Army base – And he started playing basketball at LSU when he left them, they thought he would develop so much more of a game and a mid-range jump shot and all of this. And so they had really the sky's the limit for him. And like Jade said, he didn't go there. He didn't push himself. And I hate that, you know, the, that we didn't get to see everything he could have been.
0: My, fa- If we're talking just overall Shaq's career, Orlando Shaq is my favorite Shaq because he at least showed something a little bit. You would see yeah. him occasionally take the ball up the court, push the fast break, run it. You actually saw him show a little bit of a array of moves just because he wasn't as big. And then once he got to the Lakers, he's the biggest guy in the league. I'm just gonna walk over people. He got so yeah. big where I was just like, that's not muscle anymore. That's just chunk. And I don't get how you <laughs> yeah. can be in the NBA and be working out every day and still be out of shape like that. There was a big thing for Pat Riley when he went to the Heat, which was, you gotta get in shape. You are not in
1: shape. Well, and I think that's the reason why I'm choosing Duncan, is because when you see them go head to head, you see Duncan stepping out to the short corner and hitting John mm-hmm. because Definitely Shaq so. won't come out and guard him. You yeah. see him coming out to the free, free throw line and getting a high post pass because Shaq won't come out and guard him. And mm-hmm. you see that when he does, Duncan just blows by him and takes it to the hoop.
2: Defense yeah. is too much work for somebody who's not conditioned well. Like, all he could do was get up and down the court. There was no extra energy left to play defense. Mm-hmm.
0: So, segue, since we hit up the Duncan and Shaq and Kobe stuff, uh, honorable mention is that I want to throw in is that 08 to 11 Lakers that were in the finals three straight years. First year, they lost to the Celtics. Next year, they beat the Celtics. And the year after that, they beat Orlando, or else they might have switched those around. I don't know necessarily if it's full dynasty. I do I kind of threw it as an honorable mention just because of the stretch it had, it did have a lot of success. And there were some key players that were involved with it. It was a team thing. And the coach was great, too, with Phil Jackson again. So that's why I threw him in. Is it a real dynasty? More or less, but it hits some of the stronger points, I thought, at least, of a dynasty. It's a little bit of a weaker one, but one that could be... Thrown in at least. But now we'll segue into the Heat, four straight years, getting two. And then you had Golden State, five straight years, pulling down three. So, Jade, with those two dominating, league, who was more dominant? Because then at the East, the East has been weak over the past few years. Yeah. And they're just destroying it. Golden State was making everyone look weak.
2: Yeah. I still, I, I would say Golden State because being... An Eastern Conference, there is no denying that LeBron had an easier road to get to the finals through those stretches than the Warriors did. That was just the reality, right? Back when we were talking about Boston and the Sixers and the Bulls and the Pistons, like, the East was the dominant conference back then, and and it swung the other way. And that's, like, kind of common. Everybody that knows anything about basketball knows that. Mm -hmm. So I say the Warriors were more impressive because they had more rings, they made more appearances, and they had to go through harder competition to get there.
0: Sam, I'll throw the same question over. So we have those two. Which team was in their stretch more down?
1: I kind of agree with Jade. I think it was the Warriors. And I think every year of their dynasty, you got to see different pieces grow. Then add different pieces or different layers. We we got to see different players grow up and they became stronger, I think, whereas the Miami dynasty was what it was. I don't think Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosch or, or LeBron I don't think any of them really grew as players. I mean Bosch did a little bit But when you watch the Warriors, you see them truly becoming a team and just getting stronger as they get more confident in each other and themselves.
2: I think of it kind of as like the difference between no-bake cheesecake and real bake-it cheesecake, right? They're both probably going to be pretty delicious, but when you go through all the extra steps and all of that stuff to make sure it comes out right for a cheesecake that you have to bake... It's a little bit more satisfying. And I feel like that, to me, is the difference between the Warriors and the Heat. The Heat were like a no-bake cheesecake.
0: Heat is you went and bought the cheesecake. The Warriors one was you made it because Steph Curry was drafted. Klay Thompson was drafted. Draymond Green was drafted. So just that alone. Let's
2: not forget that Steph Curry was a question mark at the beginning of his career. With all the ankle stuff. With LeBron, you had a sure thing. You knew LeBron was going places. Dwayne Wade already had a championship. You knew Chris Bosh was going to be good. Right? Steph Curry, there was lots of speculation that he was going to flame out.
0: That's why... Every, like, Timberwolves fan, they always go, I can't believe we picked Ricky Rubio or Johnny Flynn over them. And I was like, hold up. Ricky Rubio had had huge, huge fan base behind him already. Like, he'd been playing professional ball since 15. Johnny Flynn had just come off of, I think, getting to the Final Four, if not winning the title that year, and was the best player on that team. Johnny Flynn made second all-team that year for rookie team. Steph Curry didn't make a team. Steph Curry had ankle injuries. And so everyone was just like, so once Steph got healthy, though, everyone's like, oh, I can't believe we passed up on Steph. And he was like, no, he wasn't projected to be like this.
2: It made sense to pass him at the the time. Knicks
0: Knicks fan base do the same thing with it. And I'm like, you, as much as, like, it's hard to defend the Knicks front office for that (laughs) one, it's like, you couldn't call that one. Because Steph still got, for me... He's always going to be great. He's one of my favorite players. But he's always going to have a question mark on top of him Is just because of his health. I'm always going to be like, is he going to make it through the season? What's going to happen that might take him out? So that's the one thing I always have with Steph Curry is it's going to be his body that's going to end his career before it's his game, which is really sad to see a player that's still talented see their body give up on them. Like Chris Bosh. He still had years left on him, and his body betrayed him which is a horrible thing. I'm glad he was exp- able to experience the success, though, he had with that Heat team because of it, because he is one of my favorite players, too. I know, I have a lot of favorite players. Deal with it.
2: <laughs> it's okay. This is That's the, the sign of a true basketball fan. Casual fans have a favorite player or two favorite players.
0: Chris Bosh, I thought, he when he went to the Miami Heat, he went from star player to third banana, and whenever there was a player I've ever seen switch to that third banana role, he fit it so smoothly, and then he took all the scapegoat problems too with grace. It's always great. He's to a hear. classy dude. I remember he was one of the first people that started making viral videos to make his name for All Star contest. I remember he was wearing like a cowboy hat and cowboy boots or whatever, and he was trying to have this like little like Texas thing going on for him for the All Star. And that got me to vote for him. When I started him, that, seeing him do that with his dreadlocks, too, I was like, oh, I love this
1: uh, guy. Ah, the dreads. Yes. In college basketball, I'm a Florida Gator. And on those Toronto teams, they had Matt Bonner, the Red Rocket, and he hung out with Chris Bosch, and they started filming some of those videos, and that's when Matt Bonner became the sandwich hunter, and he did his own videos and stuff. I loved that Toronto team, and they... Just didn't do anything. But, yeah, um, Chris Bosch is so smart and such a class act. And I totally agree. He just he got a raw deal with his body just giving out on him. Because I would have liked to continue to see him play. I hope someone picks him up in the front office and he either coaches oh, somewhere brilliant. or becomes a general manager.
0: Mm-hmm. I want him to stick with the Miami he could somehow do what Alonzo Morning did, where he stuck with, after he retired, he became, I think, GM for the team for a couple of years. Um, but then, yeah, then he stepped down with that. But I, I would like to see him in a front office role. That's a real good, real good idea with that one there, Sam. So hit up all the decades with it. Um, and so then we'll just do a broad one for all of it. Okay. Sam, out of all of these teams and dynasties, don't have to do best because that's always – which one was the most dominant in their time?
1: Most dominant in their time? I think we have to separate maybe old school, new school, and I, I don't know that anyone is going to be more dominant than the Bill Russell Celtics. Or the Red Arbok Celtics, because, you know, they even continued winning some into the 70s with Bob Cousy and, and John Havlicek and, and all of them. And we've got to remember that the system back then was territories. And you drafted based on your territory. And that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that they ended up getting Larry Bird was because he was in their territory and of course that's totally changed now who is gonna be dominant in the more new school area i have to go with the spurs with what 99 to 13 or 99 to 2014 Four- they have put together a streak of i mean there for a while it was every other year but we joked that you know they took every other year off they only won in odd years. Yeah, 0- um,
0: eight, oh, five, seven. Yep.
1: I think that we're, we may not see see that in the next ten years.
0: Well, especially the way that teams bounce around or players bounce around now, there's not going to be any form of consistency with it. Yeah.
1: Well, I think uh, too with the NCAA rule and the the kid last week, Green making the choice to go directly from high school to the G League, and then he's going to go to the NBA instead of going through college. I'm predicting five, seven years. I think we're going to see a little drop-off because we're going to see these younger players come in, kind of like we did when Kobe Bryant came in there were four or five of them that were really young that came directly in and we kind of had to wait for them to grow up a little bit and I wonder if we're going to see that in the next five to seven years kids skipping college going directly to the g league and then getting promoted up to the nba as quick as possible and and they're still going to have to learn how to live on their own and how to be self-disciplined and all of that
2: I think there's still a lot of questions around that too because I read I read about what the specific deal is with Jalen Green there still are a few questions as to how that transition will happen from what the the NBA has offered him out of high school into the G League Um, I imagine a lot like it is with drafts not every player that gets drafted is successful in the NBA I have a feeling that not every player that goes this route will even make it to the G League.
1: The ball family.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: how they just decided to go to Europe and Mm. we haven't heard from them since.
0: Well, then, well, LaMelo just bought uh, his Australian team he played for. He just bought that team. So he's a a minority owner of that team. Supposedly, LaMelo was going to go for the draft this year, um, considering how the season ended and everything. I don't know for sure how that's going to go.
2: I don't think I've seen LaMelo's name come up yet.
0: I just think it's been because I've been seeing all the hype of, well, if the Knicks get the second overall pick, they should go grab LaMelo because, oh, he's going to bring in fans again, regardless if he's good or not. It's, oh, you have a ball person. You have someone related to LeVar.
2: That's such a terrible reason to draft someone. I think the boys are going to continue to distance themselves from their
0: father. Oh, yeah. His game improved when he did. Yep. He's, I love I love Ball. He's got potential still. Yeah. He worked on his form. He's got a good shot now. He's just got to now get a little bit more practice with it. And considering what he's had to rework his entire form.
2: Which I have to assume his dad, who thinks he knows everything, was responsible for.
0: Oh, yeah. If you see all there, <laughs> the only person that had a good jump shot was Jello. And... He didn't, he stole in China. You see how when the kid actually had good coaching, see what happens with Lavar's kids.
1: Well, the question that I want to know is, will the G League buy and pick up the University of Kentucky and they will be the next dynasty of the G League?
0: There we go. <laughs> there we go. I- Kentucky is essentially just a breeding ground for Top ten NBA overall players. Picks. It, yeah, pretty much. That's what pretty it much. is.
1: Well, Cal- they're better than most G leagues, so just just give them to the G league. Cal wants to coach NBA again. I don't know how successful he'd be. Me either. He wasn't very <laughs> with the Nets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd be that great of an NBA coach. But I just have issues with him to begin with. So. Hit up all of our questions that I was thinking for the day. So I think now we can uh, now segue over into our fast break. So I'll start off. Okay. Sam, least favorite key player on your favorite dynasty?
1: Probably Ginobili.
0: Ginobili?
1: I know, but I I just couldn't get into him. I, I liked him. But was, I just I preferred him. Tony Parker off over him. Now, I liked him a lot better when he became the sixth man. Would
0: he be considered the greatest sixth man?
1: Mm, maybe. Havlicek was a sixth man for a while.
2: And then... Um, you can't not mention Lou Williams if you're going to have a sixth man. Okay, no.
0: I'm going to say Jamal Crossover.
1: Vinny that played for the Detroit Pistons that they called him the microwave when he came in. Vinny. Oh
0: Oh. with Joe Dumars. Vinny Johnson. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean he was pretty good too.
2: I should know that since that's my last name, but anyways, moving on.
0: (laughs) So Jade, throwing it to you. Least favorite key player on your favorite dynasty.
2: Okay, so since it's the Warriors, I have to go with Andre Iguodala. Um, I never really liked him. And I, I shouldn't say I didn't like him. I was indifferent to him while he was on the Warriors. But then this year on the Grizzlies, sitting out instead of playing, that just rubs me the wrong way. Which really... I don't like that.
0: It confused me because early on in his career like, when he was with 76ers and even his stint with uh, Denver for a while, like, the guy was the definition of professional. Mm -hmm. And so, and, like, even in Golden State, same way. And then when he did this, I was like, oh, you sipped too much of that success Kool-Aid.
2: That's what I said, too. He got those rings and his head got big and everything went out of perspective. And, like, when I think about the way the Grizzlies were playing before everything shut down, I just think, what if he had been playing, too? What if his veteran presence had been in that locker room to help move the team along, not to mention what he's capable of on the court would have been even higher in the standings than they were, which was already a surprise. So I'm like, why wouldn't you want to be part of that? I don't I'll never understand that.
0: Hey, he wasn't going to get 30 mail for two years. Well, that's true. <laughs> You're not going to get $30 million two years from the Grizzlies when you can no. go do that in Miami. But but
2: <laughs> right. that's the thing, though. Like, still, why not play? If everybody Personally, knows you me, wanted to trade, great. everyone knows you wanted to trade, they agreed to it and they were working on it, you could still be a professional and not want to be where you are. Perfect example, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry did not want to be a Toronto Raptor when he got traded, right? he is a professional, and he said, I'm still going to do my job. I'm still going to do my job. If, but for that attitude, he wouldn't have a ring now.
0: It helps that DeMar DeRozan helped him in so much and they're so, so close. And DeMar yeah. loved the city of Toronto so much.
2: But Kyle still had to make that decision.
0: Oh, yeah. No, totally. Great. It just, it helped that he had a friend who was able to show him the, oh, here are the great points of playing for this team for this yeah. city. So, but I, yeah, I get what you mean still. He had to adjust from that. Okay, so uh, next question. Favorite key player on least favorite dynasty, Jade?
2: Oh, geez. (laughs) You're going deep on the fast break questions lately, Taylor.
0: I know. Favorite
2: (laughs) player on my least favorite dynasty. First, I have to pick a least favorite dynasty. And that's hard for me because I like good basketball. So it's hard to have a least favorite, excellent basketball team. (laughs) Okay, did we, the Boston with. their big three, did they get mini dynasty props?
0: Yes, the Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray yeah. Allen one. I just didn't feel like they did it for that long.
2: I agree with that, but since they get honorable mention, that makes it easy for me because I cannot stand Paul Pierce.
0: Okay, there we go. <laughs> Paul Pierce, we got the truth. No, wait a minute. Are we, we doing least favorite
1: or most favorite? You
0: said favorite
2: player on your least favorite dynasty.
0: Yes, favorite player. You're
2: confusing me, Taylor. I will say Chris Bosh on Miami then. So Chris Bosh for
0: Miami. Okay. Uh, Sam, same confusing question for you. Favorite (laughs) player on least favorite dynasty. I am choosing
1: the same dynasty, but different player. I'm going Udonis Haslam. Ooh. Um absolutely loved him. Felt he was the glue of that team and of the Miami organization from Pat Riley on.
0: Yep. He is the he's one of those players where we're gonna see his jersey retired in the American Airlines Center in Miami, just of what he did for the franchise. And how well, he- and he's
1: from Miami.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, he grew up
1: in Miami.
0: Okay. And last question, if you could go play with any of these dynasties, which team would it be there, Sam?
1: I would have to say that it's the Boston Celtics of my childhood, the one that my dad made me watch. <laughs> uh, because they were so fundamental, uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parish, Dennis Johnson, and Danny Ainge. I mean, I can still name True the starting baby. five, even th- <laughs> even though I was a youngin. Bill Walton. There's your- another six man that was pretty good. They were so fundamentally sound that my dad definitely didn't care to tape those with the VCR and wear me out with them saying, this is how you play in the post. This is how you pass. This is how you shoot. So I would definitely want to go relive that, I guess, from my childhood.
0: Jade, what about you? Which, which dynasty team would you want to play for?
2: I think it would be the Warriors. It has very, very little to do with basketball. I think I would get along really good with Steph Curry's wife and we'd be friends. So there's nothing to do with basketball. Pure Are you going to exchange recipes? Started. Absolutely. Yeah, i a little foodie, too. She's Canadian, so... Oh,
0: she... Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, then you can from, come and talk about she's from outside of Toronto. Were you a fan of the Raptors when Del Curry was still there? Okay.
2: I Because the Raptors were a team... Were not a team when I started on basketball, I am a late Raptors fan. I've only oh, been watching right. them for seven seasons.
0: Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I was
2: still a Pistons fan.
0: Okay, okie dokie. Well, hit up all that stuff today. Anything, Sam, that you want to plug for yourself one last time before we let you go? Because we know you got some things that you got to be doing too. Late a little bit later. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a, a meeting and that
1: I have to run to. But uh, you guys can, can catch me on West Virginia Overtime, which is a podcast. And we have a Facebook page and a Twitter page uh, dealing with high school sports. And the podcast is about coaching tips and motivational uh, quotes and how to get your teams ready. And then... Um, I follow pro wrestling. I've just recently gotten back into it, and I do wrestling over time. So you guys can catch me there on my podcast, there or again on the Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter.
0: All right, hear that, listeners? Do all that for you, Sam. If you got to dip out, thanks so much. We'll let you go. I hit up appreciate that meeting. It. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you. And, and Jade, you got anything else to say before we head out today?
2: Uh, voting is still live for the ERSCA All Star race that is happening in a few weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. So make
2: sure you head over to bellyupsports.com. You can get your votes in there. Also, this is one of two podcasts I'm recording today. I am joining Raptors Queens temporarily to sit in for somebody who is taking a break. So I will also be on Raptors Podcast this. week i'll put the link in the description for everything
0: okay perfect well we'll see you listeners and subscriber subscribers uh next week then brand new topic have a good one